Welcome, everyone, to Blue Collar Startup. I am your co-host, Mike Nelson, here with visionary founder of Blue Collar Startup, Derek Foster. Derek, what's up? Hey, Mike. How are you? I. How's it going? It's going swimmingly. We're having a busy week this uh, week. Yeah. This has been a great... Well, are you saying busy blue collar wise? Because yeah. we, we just did a the... A uh, lot going on, the Hudson Valley Career Fair. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. To meet a lot of the good... A lot of the students there and very, very motivating. I'd just like to remind everyone that it's it's no longer Hudson Valley, though. It's now the Blue Collar College. It's it. Rebranding. I, re- I rebranded it for them. Marketing genius that I am. If this is your first time joining us here on the Blue Collar Startup, just to let you know what we do. Each episode is we interview uh, blue collar business owners, people that work in blue collar industries and uh, businesses, support staff. And also every once in a while, we bring someone on that is uh, not necessarily in the blue collar industry, but they are supporting blue collar businesses. Uh, Today, we are joined by Kelsey and Craig from MLB Construction over there in Malta, New York. If you guys are familiar with it. Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Thank you very much. You're welcome. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Kelsey, good. how are you doing? Uh, good enough. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. If you ask uh, anyone that works with me, that's about the best you're That's the best you get. can do? Yeah. Okay. Maxed out in happiness right there. Good enough. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, excited about today's episode. You know, something that we've been trying to do is have people on that are uh, specific in their role. So it's really helping to give some information to maybe someone that's doing a similar role, not for a competitor, obviously, but for another Absolutely company not. in another market. Uh, but also just, you know, for people that are trying to, you know, for the small business owners, you know, maybe it's a small construction company and they're struggling with project management. You guys come on and can talk about what you do and, and why you're so great at it. Cause that's what, uh, that's what Chloe tells us. She said, you guys are amazing. Oh, so that's so nice. I know. Right. So, um, so we want to talk about that. So maybe just kind of uh, let's start with Kelsey. Just kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and like what your day-to-day looks like. Sure. Uh, well, I am a project manager for MLB. Um, I have been a project manager for just a couple of months now. Um, been working with Craig up to Skidmore College for the last probably three and a half years, I think. Wow. Um, yeah, so I, I started out at, at Skidmore College when I went up there. I was a project engineer um, for most companies in the area. That that would be like your job title starting out. You start out as a project engineer. And um, throughout my entire time at Skidmore, I was promoted to assistant project manager in now project manager. So yes. um, Craig and I have very similar roles, um, but on different projects. You know, I'm still assisting him and our superintendent and the rest of the team uh, for the Skidmore project, but I have my own project now to run as well. Um, it is for LS Power Grid. Um, that client provides, uh, you know how you hear kids, they're like, oh, I'm going to go take my dirt bike on the power lines. Yeah. Uh, that's essentially LS Power. So they, they provide all of that infrastructure uh, to be able to provide the power to National Grid um, so that National Grid can then provide the power to to us for our homes and our, our businesses. So they're building a, um, a pre-engineered metal building out in Princetown area. Um, Where is Princetown? That's It's out... Uh, Past Schenectady. Yeah, it's like out west, southwest of Schenectady, I think. Yeah, Dwaynesburg area. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Dwaynesburg and Northern. Nice area. So, uh, yeah. So, Craig and I have very, very similar similar roles, but just um, different projects. So we're, yeah. we're managing, uh, we're, we're assisting our, our site superintendents in the day-to-day operations of the project. Uh, but we're, we're heavily involved in the beginning, getting the project bought out and subcontracted, um, understanding our contracts with our owners, um, cash flow. Uh, it's, it's very heavily dollars based, our, our position. Um, yeah. So every day is different. Day-to-day is there's no, in this industry, there's, there's no same Every single day. No shortage of excitement. Yeah. No, that's the God's honest truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so, Craig, tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you're doing as well. So, uh, as Kels mentioned, my uh, probably the past, what have we announced, 2023. So I've been at Skidmore since 2018. Um, it ended up, it, it, it was sort of always planned as a phased project. Um, mm-hmm. But the first one was a hard bid that we were awarded. Um, and then we ended up staying on as construction manager for the next four years. So all in all in for us, that project's actually seven years. We started the utility wow. movements in 2017. Yeah. So a small project. Wow. I'm very, sure, very right? small. Uh, not 
I smallest guess, in the to, company to do ever. like a to do a humble <laughs> brag. Yeah, I believe it is the largest project we've ever done. Oh wow! Um, so it, and it 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 takes a lot like to be stay committed to something for that long. Yeah, it's it's been six years of my life. Uh, so it'll be it'll be like a it'll be a little bittersweet to finish because then I'll have to go back to the real world. But now on a project of that magnitude let's use that word because that's a great that's word. a good word all right Mag- yeah. it makes yeah. it sound huge so as a, a project of that magnitude like from the inception are you planning out the entire project like from soup to nuts like here it is day one and here it is seven years later and every step of the way like is that already planned at the beginning you sure try yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you get it 100 percent right from the beginning you are damn good yeah uh, but Typically, what would happen is one of our um, executives, he always likes to make the joke. He says, try and build it in your head three times before you even start, because by then you'll have hopefully kind of worked your way through it. But it is on something that big, you're not going to catch everything. It's hmm. it's impossible. You kind of got to roll with the punches and kind of take what comes to you. But um, I would like to say that uh, the job went very well for the size. It's it's beneficial for us, the we are fortunate that our superintendent in particular, is a, as Derek mentioned, he's a very organized, methodical guy, mm-hmm. which which is both how her and I like to operate. So that definitely helps. But it's uh, – yeah, it, it, you do your best at the beginning to to grasp that monster, but it's – nobody's perfect. It, you, you just do what you can. And so – and Kelsey, as you were coming along – so you said you started at Project Engineer. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then you moved to now Project Management. What? How does that – how are you involved like at the project engineer level? And then like, how does that change as far as uh, the planning or, you know, is it support role or how does that work? It, it is, it is a support role. When you're a, a project engineer and a project manager, something else that we say oftentimes at our companies that the project managers for the entire project have the ultimate responsibility. So for, uh, for example, if Craig, you know, had something for me on Skidmore, Hey Kelsey, I want you to put together a, a three week look ahead for all the work we're going to do over the next three weeks. And I got it wrong. I'd be like, eh, it's Craig's fault. that's a safe answer for everything (laughs) but uh yeah so a a project engineer just just starting very green um they're going to be given tasks from their project manager or maybe if it's a sizable project the assistant project manager so it's going to be really task based Mm -hmm. so that you can get good at something before you move on to the next thing I, i think it's very important i assist in training um, most of the new people who start at MLB as project engineers. Um, so I think it's super important to, to get them good at something so that they feel confident and then to move them on to another task. So project engineers are very task-based. And then as you move forward and you're an assistant project manager, you know, maybe a task that uh, Craig gave me back when I I came to site at Skidmore in 2020 would have been, you know, we're going to get ready to start accepting all these submittals from our uh, mechanical subcontractor. They've got all the HVAC and plumbing. I want you to completely handle that entire process. If you need help, you know, you can, you can always ask, but I want you to manage that entire process. I don't need to, to review your work. You manage that all on your own. Um, so that, that's kind of And if you were a project engineer, maybe it's, hey, I have this submittal item here. It's the piping insulation product data. So does, does, does that make sense about mm-hmm. like, the different tasks? Yeah, so, so it's just... Essentially, you're going from, you know, taking, the, taking what you're given and running with it to now you're giving the direction. Yeah. 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 And then we do our best to, from the project management standpoint, you, you, there are certain things where you get your comfort level. Like, like she said, we had worked together for almost four years. So there was a certain level of things where I was like, I don't need to look at it. I know we're good, but I also am very OCD (laughs) about certain things. So there are certain things where I'd say, yeah, when you finish, just let me give it the once over. But it, it all, we kind of joke all the time. As man, as project managers, because people just think you're a construction project manager. But you, at the contract level, you're you're a low level lawyer. You got to try and understand all that <laughs> stuff. True. We manage dollars all the time, so you got to think like an accountant. When's the cash coming in? When's the cash going out? Who do I got to pay? You know, what vendors do we have to pay before the money comes in? Um, managing all the money with the subcontractors and your vendors. 
you obviously you're a coordinator and uh sometimes i feel like a mental health coach got to bring these guys in to, yeah. to you know certain people don't get Amen. along with other people you know it, it it it's no different than any other industry in that sense i guess but you i think the part that's different in our world is that you're not only trying to get the people to work together, you're trying to get the people to work together and then still physically build something. It's not like two people just need to be able to talk. Sometimes two people have to work within three feet of each other. And when they don't like each other, that's... Create you know, some problems. Yeah. So so we do joke about that all the time. It's not like we just manage construction. We're lawyers, accountants, therapists. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you just described every small business owner on the planet. I, that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's said. not... I, I feel like it's not um, unique to us. I feel like it's that people don't realize how much it's involved in construction. Yeah. 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 Well, because again, I, I think project management and I don't think about all the things that you just said. Right. 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 Like I'm not like managing dollars and paying people and all like, not to mention just like, I just thought it would be just planning the project. No. Right. And all that other crap is off onto somebody else. No. Small portion. Yeah. It'd be nice if it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. So do you guys get involved in the estimating of the project as well? Or it depends. Um, we, have I would say as of late gotten into a really good groove with our estimating department. Um, they've they've brought in a ton of work. Trust me, you ask any of the project managers. None of us, none of us are. <laughs> now looking you got to figure something. out how to do it. <laughs> none, none of us are looking for something to do. Um, but I will say we we have had times before where we've been slammed, and Oleg, our chief estimator, sometimes he'll come to one of us and say, or even he'll shoot out an email and say, "Guys, is anybody like not crazy busy this week?" And it could be something as simple as. I need you to go through the bathrooms and I need you to count off all the bathroom accessories. It's, okay, sure, no problem. So I, I think it, it's more on a workload basis, but most of us have at some point, I would say that's fair, right? Most of us have been involved in an estimate at some point in our For career. sure, especially with uh, the clients that we work with often and MLB, Construction Services, our company, uh, we also are design builders as well. So if a client were to approach us with uh, the idea moving forward that they want to go the design build route, um, oftentimes a project executive or a project manager would be involved with uh, maybe the president or vice president along with the estimating staff in putting together a, an original proposal for a design build project. Um, an example of something that we did was uh, the renovations at SPAC in 2019-2020. That was a design build project. I worked on that with uh, Heather Chamberlain, my good friend, and uh, Jim Dossie and the, uh, the estimating staff and Hyman Hayes, etc. I can't imagine what it goes into actually building an estimate for a project of that magnitude. It's so easy to critique it and so hard to put together. I, I bet. I say yeah. that all the time. I speak Oleg's praises. I hope he listens to this. But <laughs> when, when we did, uh, he's he's one of my favorite people on the planet. But when, when we did the original budget for Skidmore, which the, the second phase is, I think, we started, the base bid was roughly around like $65 million. They gave us uh, preliminary drawings and we just did a budget to give them an idea of what they're looking at with this mm -hmm. monster. I think our final bid, Oleg, came in within a quarter million dollars. On, on, so on a $65 million job, right. when, when you weren't even going off finished drawings. That's a small yeah, yeah, <laughs> small yeah. amount for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a very hard job because you need to be able to – you need to be able to manage that like, you know, you, you obviously take off a certain amount of whatever that's wall you're going to frame or roof you're going to do, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But you also got to look at it from, a, okay, yeah, I have X amount of square feet. But if you just go ahead and lob a square foot price at it, it depending on the, the job, uh, I guess, logistics, that mm -hmm. might not necessarily be the number that it's going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a lot mm -hmm. more than just It takes a lot a, more to frame a soffit than it does to frame a wall. Yeah, it's, it's a lot yeah. more than just A plus B. But... Yeah, we, we're pretty lucky. We've got a, I think at least, I think we have a pretty good estimating staff. Yeah. And so, you know, to kind of uh, switch directions a little bit, you know, from, from MLB's been around for 75 years, right? So what made you guys kind of interested to go to work at MLB or how did, how did you end up there or was it, yeah, look out for that thing? So I'll take that because the transition is a funny story. Uh, yeah, because so yeah, you guys are going through the transition right now, right? Well, I mean the transition between our stories of how we ended up. Oh, okay. So right. um, my I have two um, uncles that own residential contracting companies. That's kind of how I got into it. When I was 13, 14, 15, all of a sudden you all might need to go do stuff. And the parents, I, I came from a family that wasn't really that well off. Yeah. Was, well, if you want to go do something, you got to go earn some money. So I started with just being a laborer for both my uncles and... Then as I started approaching college, 
I actually ironically wanted to go for architecture. And I did horrible in every single art class that I took, <laughs> but I aced science and math. Okay. And I was like, how do I get into building but not draw the fancy stuff? And so I ended up going to school for civil engineering. When I got out, everybody who was offering jobs wanted somebody with experience. And I was mm-hmm. in that conundrum that was like, well, how do I get experience if you guys aren't going to give it to me? I, I'm kind of stuck here, you know? So I ended up going back to what I was doing. I went back to work in construction and... I was like a 90, 95 degree day and we were doing a roof. And this kid from Sounds college. Sounds like a great oh, day. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> and this kid from college called me and he goes, uh, you know, so I called him back on lunch. I go, hey, what's going on? He goes, what are you doing right now? I said, uh, I'm on a roof shingling and I'm, I'm dying. Well, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm actually calling to see if you're looking for a job. <laughs> I said, do you want me there tomorrow? Right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, so I ended up getting on with a construction management company doing um, the chip fabs. And I did one in Utica. I was there for two years. And I just quickly kind of figured out that the that big corporate level wasn't for me. And there was a little tiff on the job site on a Friday. And I had already been kind of leaning. And uh, I threw MLB a resume. And Jim Dossie emailed me Saturday morning, asked if I could come in on Wednesday. And I came in and I had a job offer Friday. And I said, see you later. Nice. So then I, I worked for a few years. And as I was doing projects, I was buying a lot of sheetrock and... Uh, acoustical ceiling tile and all these building products from this girl, Kelsey Martin. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> I, I always, we always joke about it. I said one of the she, one of the biggest saves I've ever had was her. I missed a, a type of ceiling tiles, this custom ceiling tile for a Rite Aid. And I called her up and I said, hey, I need like X amount of cartons that by next week. Is that cool? She goes, no, it's not. <laughs> That's got a 12-week lead time. And I, I panicked. I was like, oh, no, this is bad. I've got to open this store in like three weeks. And then in like a week and a half, I had 12 cartons sitting in the parking lot. I mean, so, what, nice can, job. what can you do? <laughs> so basically... <laughs> I had to what perform. I, yeah, yeah, that's right. So what I meant about the, the kind of comedy with the transition between the stories is that is her connection to MLB. As we were looking to hire somebody and Jim came in to me one day and he said, hey, do you have anybody you know that's been looking? And he actually mentioned, Kelsey he goes, what about that, that girl you know over at Marjam? And I said, I don't know. I can try. So I shot her a text, and ironically, she had been thinking about making that transition from supply sales to general contracting. And as they say, the rest is history. She's stuck with us now. And here she is. Yeah. The other thing we joke about, she, she's still deciding if I'm actually her friend because I dragged her into this world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's how I got started here. I um, So I worked for Marjam Supply Company for, I think, about five years. Uh, they're a commercial building supply company in Albany or on Railroad Ave. They actually just sold to foundation building materials. Uh, a couple of good friends that I have are still with that company, so we're, we're happy to continue to support them. Um, so yeah, I was, I was selling things like um, metal framing, drywall, ceilings, and when I had first got in there, I worked with some guys who had been there for a while, 10, 15, 20 years, and obviously they sold all the drywallers. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, great, what? What can you do? What can I do? So uh, I tried my best to start selling materials uh, to try to build my book to um, area general contractors who would self-perform work like MLB. And uh, it it just so happens that uh, one of my largest accounts was MLB. And I had met Craig and honestly, 85 to 90 percent of the office and field staff, because I was in Marjam on Saturdays when uh, supers would come pick things up. I, I met, I, th- I think every single super from MLB mm-hmm. before Craig had approached me about maybe coming to work there. So, For better or worse too, depending on which one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's how I, I, I ended up at, at MLB. It was, it was a very, it was a very quick thing. Craig texted me probably 10 AM. Hey, my boss, Jim Dossie wants to meet you. And I was like, wow, I'm, 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 I'm flattered. Um, geez, I, I don't, I don't know. Can I think about it? And Craig, yeah, sure, go ahead. And uh, can you come at know. five o'clock today? Yeah, a couple hours later, he was like, "You don't know my boss, Jim. He wants to know. Like, are you coming?" <laughs> so I drove down to the office one night. I, I was emailing with Jim, and I said, "You know, uh, honestly, I'm not. I'm not going to leave my employer to to come for an interview. So, like, uh, maybe could I? I could come after work. I, I couldn't get up till Malta till maybe five or six. He was like, "I'll be here all night. <laughs> Just come on in." So I had my, my interview with Craig and yeah. 
That was a little awkward <laughs> as a friend. But. With Craig and Jim and, and Scott Shepard, our, our vice president, and yeah, the rest is history. So now I'm, I'm on my sixth year at, at MLB, and I, I couldn't be happier. Um, this was the challenge that I wanted and a challenge I didn't know that I needed. So very happy to be here. It's just interesting you say that, too, from a challenge standpoint. Literally just before this, I was interviewing a potential graphic <clears throat> designer, and that was one of the things I was saying where it was like, you know, full disclosure, like this is not an easy environment. Agency life is not easy. But if you're looking for a challenge, like we will challenge you, which will make you better. Right, and right. I think some people don't realize until they are challenged of like how much like enjoyment you get from being challenged oh, and then winning when you get challenged. Yeah. Right. And even sometimes when you get the crap kicked out of you. But uh, oh, that, that, yeah, that'll happen. That happens too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. And also, that's for sure. Yeah. And I just want to say kudos uh, for having the integrity not to interview Mm. on your employer's time. (laughs) Because as an an employer, Uh, I agree. uh, That makes me nuts. Like when people are, you know. I got to take a sick day. Yeah. yeah, You know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they were were incredible to me. I I, I doubt that they will be able to, like, have, like, access to this podcast. Some of the people that I really respect there are out of the uh, Boston and uh, New York City area. So, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll send this to them. Send them a link and say, hey, I said nice things about you. (laughs) (laughs) Share the show. Quick 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 plug from our gym. (laughs) They were were a family to me. They, they, They taught me so much in my five short years there. Um, some of the greatest mentors that I will ever have mm-hmm. came from Marjam, and I'm, I'm just incredibly thankful for them. And they, they, they taught me about life. How did you end up at Marjam? Oh, boy. Uh, so before, uh, before Marjam, I worked for Citizens Bank in the Northway Mall. Um, and Marjam had a, uh, a commercial account there, uh, and I was like working at the teller window, and I became very close uh, friends with uh, a, a man, Randy Parent. Um, and he just said to me one day, he was like, God, I wish you would just come like work over, work with me. Like, why don't you just come work for me? And I was like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> Sounds it was, I, I, I didn't, I was, uh, I don't want to say directionless, because like I'm not a weirdo, but. Um, you made a I decision. Just, yeah, I yeah. just I was like, you know what? Cool. And, and and also too, I um I I don't have the uh the background um that a lot of people have when they come into this industry. Uh so I saw that as an opportunity to try to get into the industry that I I felt drawn to. Um it was just it, it was my way in and I said, you know what? Let's just do it. Uh, I, I did not imagine that I would end up here. Um, I'm very, very proud of myself. Um, when you say end up here, you mean at you know, on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, sorry, Mike. No. Oh, that you know what? That that too. That's um, it. All right. Yeah, thank that, you. Thank uh, you so absolutely. Much. That I didn't. I never thought I'd be on a, on a podcast, but a I blue collar startup. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't know how I would get to be a construction project manager. Um, mm-hmm. I can remember being at Marjam thinking, God, that would be so cool if I was on the construction side and I could really be more ingrained and have a greater responsibility to, to putting these structures up and being more involved in these communities. I, I didn't know how to, how to get there. Um, cause like I said, I, I didn't have those qualifications that, that others do. And I, and I attribute most of this to networking, which I'm sure we'll get to, uh, in moments. We can. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's how I ended up at, at Marjam. And, and my, my dad is a carpenter, uh, retired now, but, uh, I wanted my dad to be proud of me. I wanted to be just like him and, and I didn't know how, how to go about doing that. So, um, it just, uh, I tell a lot of people that it was a one big or multiple, just like happy, happy accidents. Yeah. And I'm a huge into manifesting. I, I am independently wealthy. So nice. um, good for you. Yeah, you just have to manifest. I have not been paid <laughs> back for my duties yet. I'm still waiting for that to happen, but Kelsey Eventually. will pay me back for everything I've done for her. You got to manifest it. That's it. You, no, you, were, you found a way. You were decisive. And I think the important thing, Kelsey, that you know you said is you you maintain the relationships even though you moved on. You know, and I think that's huge. And yeah, you know, everybody that we've had on the the show that's been successful, they've been able to do that. So that's success impressive. is is pretty simple when you think about it. If you do what you say you will do, you will be successful. Yep. There's, it's not. Uh, 
you might not agree with me, but I, I don't really care. That's <laughs> the recipe for success. Yeah. You do what you say you're going to do, you will be successful. And it's a small industry here in the Albany area and, and even further out. The construction industry is very, very it's small. small. Yeah. The handshake, it will never die in mm-hmm. this industry. People do business with people they know. It's very true. For the, for the listeners out there, uh, what we've been learning about Kelsey, she's very direct. Yes. And has sounds like zero filter from what I've seen so far. I, I, no, this I, is I, highly filtered. I, 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 I was just going to say, you you may be in for a treat. We yeah, should have yeah. came when, to the office. When, when, we, when we sit in... We can do like an after we'll sit in, We'll sit in meetings sometimes in our... So our, our team structure at Skidmore was our executive vice president, uh, Scott Shepard, and then myself and Kelsey. And sometimes I'd just kind of set her loose and he'd look at me and he'd go, what did you do? <laughs> I, said, I didn't do it. I'm very similar, but that's that's a standing joke in the office as well. Well, I'd imagine in some cases it's probably endearing for some people that like directness. Yeah. Right? And, but there's uh, also a level to it that in this business, I think – if you if you figure out how to manage it, it can go a long way because there's still a lot of those old school guys. Well, right, that's you what know? I mean, and that's what I was gonna say. Like, do you? And that was gonna be my question was, you know, do you find that 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 helps you that it serves you being direct when you're with in, um, in these in the blue collar industries specifically? I feel like I think it there's there's a middle ground because you have to find, especially people our age, mm-hmm. you have to find the middle ground between where you speak from a level of respect. And you don't sound like a know-it-all young kid. Sure. It, but you also have to find that level of where you almost don't come off too strong. You have to find that balance. Um, I, I know, like to say know your audience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know my first job, I uh, it was a, a gamble. I was, I was on a, a construction project in the Adirondack Park doing um, concrete culvert uh, rehabs. And the first day on, I just walked around. I asked who the foreman was, and I walked up to him. And I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm as green as that grass on that hill. I'm not here to give you a hard time. I'm here to learn. So don't mess with me, and I won't mess with you. And we had the smoothest project that I could have asked for for my first job. Now, if I had come in guns blazing saying, well, you got to fix that silt fence. you got to fix that dam, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other, it would have been miserable. But I think the the flip side of that is you have to find that level where you – you don't get walked on too mm-hmm. because it, that can happen real quick if you don't put your foot down. But I, again, I, I think these are things that's not necessarily unique to construction. I think the aspect that's a little more, I guess, tied to us is the fact that like the name of this podcast, mm-hmm. it's blue collar guys and girls. They're, they're, they're not, it's not the fancy suit and tie and right. it, it, it is a tough industry. And so you got, you do have to have some thick skin, but I don't know. I think that's about it, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would agree. It's you, you have to know your audience, um, and something too that I that I say to a lot of people who are green, who are coming on board with MLB, is they let them know uh, if you think you're right about something, just let me know. I'd, I'd be happy to be a second set of eyes for you because nine times out of ten, I don't care what you think you might be wrong on, you are probably right. Mm. You will surprise yourself mm. oftentimes. So, um, yeah, just, just being confident and, and being direct is a lot different than being, being a jerk. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You can be assertive without being aggressive, Absolutely. right? Like, yeah. 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 Now that does come out, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And sometimes it's funny and, you know, sometimes just assertive, but, uh, so I know we want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of working like workforce, right? So you guys are project managers. How many, how many people do you think you're. I don't know if managing is the right word. Let's say coordinating. Uh, how many people do you think that you're coordinating on a daily basis? It, it really just depends on the size of your job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh. One Santa John, 10 people. Two <laughs> yeah, that's 20. actually, that's a quick way to do the math. Go look at how many Santa Johns are on the site. That's fine. Um, I never knew that. Yeah. But yeah, they, 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 I, I'm serious too, Derek. If yeah. you want to know how big the job is, just count the Santa Johns when you show it's up. It's 10 people per Santa John? Oh I th- God, I, th- I really think so. I think, that, no, I think you're right. I think that is the, the, there's a little sticker on the inside of them that says this unit can support 10 people for a working day or something okay. like that. But All right. I think, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of guessing, I think when, so in the, the second phase at Skidmore, um, I'd say at our busiest, we were probably pushing 50, 60 guys, something like that. And that's just on site. That's not including um, 
I had a, a, a BIM coordination team that was 10 people. Mm-hmm. And they, our job was literally just to take the model, put it in the system, and coordinate all the duct and the pipe and the conduit. Th- those people never set foot on the site. But that's still another pe- 10 people that were managing. Then you got to figure every single subcontractor typically has a, pro- has a project say. manager. Mm-hmm. So you're on a job that big, you're, you're quickly approaching 100 people at any given time. Now, if you do a little office renovation, mm-hmm. you may just have your crew. It's just your, your superintendent, your foreman, three or four guys, and that's it. So but, it really does depend. So obviously you've got, you know, a, a big mix and this is something we end up in these conversations all the time. And, and actually I was at a, a networking thing this morning and we were talking about workforce and the mix of companies working with anywhere from like Gen Z up to baby boomers and how all those people are mixing and technology and, you know, uh, the boomers are talking like, well, they're always on on their phones and, you know, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What, what can you guys tell us about your experience with uh, mixing with those or working with those mixed generations? Um, I'll start because our joke is that I'm a boomer and Craig wants to be old so bad. <laughs> like when we get, when we get new drawings, you get, everybody's like sitting in front of their three monitors and I've got just a big 36 by 48 set of drawings that I'm marking up by hand. Um, I mean, I guess the test is we could actually have you stand up and then sit back down. And if you do that, oh, no, that, that, oh, no, no, that is a, that, the, the, that is a standing joke with, with my girlfriend. That's when I funny. move, she goes, did I just hear an E? Ooh, like I just got the aches and pains, but um, no, I I think I think from my standpoint, I um, and this is the directness point again. Yeah, I I I seem to connect well with the old school crowd because uh, that's it's how I like to work. Um, I also am very direct, so sometimes I struggle with the Gen Z kind of attitude. Now I don't want to group them all in and say that. That that is the only attitude, but you do see in Gen Z, there's a little more. The only word that's coming to my brain right now is neediness, and that sounds really harsh. But there there is a level of that where where I think sometimes, at least for me and my mentality, that's not how I am. I came from very a small town. You're going to go out and earn it. Things aren't going to be mm-hmm. handed to you, type thing. And I think that sometimes is a gray area. Would you say mamby pamby? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch Boston Legal? That's, uh, you I said that. That's, so. uh, there's a Boston Legal. It's an old legal show with uh, William Shatner. He's one okay, of the yeah, attorneys, yeah. right? And there's a, a judge on the show, and he keeps he keeps calling everyone Mamby Pamby. Is that like like that means like soft? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah. okay. So I just you said that, and I was like Mamby Pamby. <laughs> I I do think that's probably one of the hardest parts, at least for me personally, um, is is finding that. But the other thing too, though, is is that there is a certain level of like technology uh, capability that that the younger generation just is better at. Yeah, they're born um, with it now. And and the flip side to that coin is that then when you're dealing with the boomers, you know, we we're trying to teach our supers how to use an iPad. So right. we use a system called Bluebeam, where you can pull up the drawings on this iPad. And our superintendent, in particular, he he still very much wants his submittals printed out on paper. He does his timesheets on paper. He, he's an old school guy. Yeah. Um, my argument to that is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But um, but there is definitely that that transition that is happening because pretty soon here that that's going to be how we operate. How old are you? I'm 32. 32. OK. I was gonna say, I was wondering if you're Gen X or not, but you're a little too young to be Gen mm-hmm. X. Yeah. Because Gen X has that. Like real, pretty easy, right? Gen X is because I'm Gen X. Everybody, you're safe. So, well, no, it's like you know, like we like we're good with the technology side, but we also right. get the boomer side of things. Right. We're like, yeah, I'll print that shit out. Like, let's do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. What's what's your opinion? You... I I would say that Gen X and millennials, um, some of the older millennials, like Craig and myself, um, I'm thirty. Um, <laughs> that we we definitely are able to communicate pretty well with. Um, you know, communicating up the ladder to people with more tenure than ourselves and leading people that are younger than us, you know, Generation Z. It's they, they just, they require different things than somebody like myself, Craig, uh, yourself, Mike, or, um, or somebody born from the baby boomer generation. We don't require much. Mm-hmm. Um, couple of walls, keep it above like 55 so our fingers don't, cramp up but we can probably probably work like we'll probably be good enough thank you sir may i have another yeah Uh, but for gen z they simply weren't raised in environments like that so they just they they require different um 
leadership. So somebody in Gen Z, when they do a good job at something or they succeeded, I think as, um, I, I hate saying managers, I don't like that word. So as leaders, Craig mm-hmm. myself as leaders, leading those people, I think it's important to give somebody a shout out. And you know what? Maybe it's made on social media because that's what Gen Z grew up with. Right. That's where they spend their time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's different. And I think it's, it's a wonderful thing to be a millennial, um, because I think we communicate well with all generations that are in the workforce right now. This is usually when her and I have to have the patients talk when she comes in to tell me something about, you know, particularly relating to Gen Z is now, before I tell you this, I need you to be patient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Patience is, uh, it's not one of my strong suits. It gets easier as you, as you can go on. I hope so. Yeah. I found that in, in my my older years here that I just I've, I've gotten very good at just shaking my head, just yeah, kind of in disgust as I walk away. But <laughs> no, instead of ten years ago, where I would have been like fiery and I think that's where I'm probably at. Yeah, yeah. What can you do? Yeah. Well, I, right. That's I can I, shake my head and walk away. That's what I can do now. I I totally agree with with Kelsey. It's sometimes a simple thank you or just a yeah. you know pat on the back can go such a, a long way. We've we've learned that. That much I do definitely agree with. Feel, yeah, yeah, it feels good for us too. Absolutely. Yeah. I love a pat on the back. Yeah. I mean, and you know what's funny you say that though, but what I have found in our industry and I I try to do it is something as simple as the framer that you did, you don't know on the job site. You walk out and something looks good. And you just walk up and say, guys, that looks freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of strike up that conversation and just go, by the way, I'm, I'm Craig. We've never actually even met. I walk by you every day at break time. And that little conversation, you can watch these hardcore blue collar guys literally flip 180. Mm-hmm. You think they're this grumpy, gruff old man and all it took was for you to say, hey, that looks really freaking good. What's your name? And that's it. Yeah. That can go a long way. It's amazing too. Nine times out of 10. And until you experience this, you probably won't believe me. Uh, maybe not you guys, but like other people. Uh, you might approach that guy on site that looks completely standoffish, totally unapproachable. You want to avoid at all costs. Like he's going to be a jerk. If you're simply honest with somebody and you say, hey, I'm I'm looking at this condition here. I got it on a field report. I I, I don't understand. Can you please help me? Mm-hmm. They are very happy to show you and teach you. Yeah. So that that's something that go that that people don't really think of either. And this again, this is what I say to people coming on board with MLB as a project engineer. Don't be I'll, I'll always lo- call me, call Craig, call anyone, call Scott Shepard, Jim Dossie, anyone in our company. We would be happy to help you internally. But if it's something uh the meet the electrical metering on your project needs to be in a hot or a cold sequence. Craig, Craig can't an- Craig can answer that. Nope. Craig can't answer that. But I know someone who can. Mm-hmm. Always use these people with this tenure and this knowledge. I, I say to people this this a lot too. When I'm going to a networking event, I'm looking for the oldest person in the room because they've got the most knowledge, and that's what I want to absorb from people. So I say that to a lot of um, new project engineers. Do not be afraid to use your subcontractors to learn and to understand their scope of work better. They'll respect you for it, and you'll gain knowledge and experience. Also, point. YouTube. Do you know how many things that I've found on a project? Like, what the f is that? I was on a website today, like on... dirt, dirt and gravel. <laughs> I, 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 I don't I'm, know. I'm what being it was. serious. A so Google. The number of times I've found what I was looking for, and but that's where that technology thing mm-hmm. happens too. And our superintendent at Skidmore, Roland, he, you'll I'll go into the trailer sometime, and you'll see like. I'm kind of blanking on a, an exact example, but we'll f- run into something on the job and I'll come into the office one day, I'll walk into the trailer and I look at the the, la- the laptop or the iPad and you'll see YouTube open with how to whatever it is. And it's like, okay, he's, he's looking, he's using YouTube too. Yeah. But I've, I've learned a ton of stuff off of YouTube videos. I love YouTube. Oh, it's great. <laughs> we just had that conversation. <laughs> yeah. It is so awesome. I Like I said, I, I can't say it enough. I there, There's so many times where – because you can read an article and be like, okay, that all sounds good. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm a visual person. Show me how to do it and then I'm good. Don't give me an instruction manual. That's why none of us men ever use the instructions when we get them and we put something together. It's like, ah, this goes here and, you know, it, I, I think that's one tool that's probably maybe not even used enough. I, I like 3D stuff. That's why I also 
kind of like the BIM modeling side of our mm-hmm. stuff because you can physically see why this stuff or where this stuff won't fit. It's a lot different than looking at just a plan where everything's laying on top of each other. I can't say enough about how much I love YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, I just, it's amazing to me. There's just, you know, of all the uses on the internet, right, that people do that are just stupid. Yes. And then you've got the compendium of human knowledge and you can learn anything that you want you can. with a, like a yeah. quick search. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. amazing to me. Like, what, what, you want to know how to knit? Here you go. Here's YouTube. YouTube. Yep. Right? You want to know how to build a skyscraper? Freaking YouTube. Or yep. probably somebody did it and probably did the whole thing on YouTube. Like, it's, it's just. possible. It's amazing. Yeah, it's very possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, it's So you wanted to touch on networking a little bit too, shifting gears. So I mean, always. Yeah. What type of uh, networking events do you guys participate in? I'm gonna lob this one over to the network queen. I oh the network queen. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> oh, I, I I am very much. She touched on this earlier, where she said people work with people they know. Mm-hmm. I'm very much that person. I have a, a lot of the vendors and guys that I like to use, and and it's to a fault. I'll be the first one to admit it. Um, it's kind of a standing joke with us. She'll be like, "Yeah, you going to that thing? Ah, I, I know who I know who I need. I know the guys that do the job." But uh, no, so I'll, I'll give that one to her because she she is very good at the networking stuff. That's something I could probably work on. So who do we network with? Uh, well, so MLB is involved in a number of trade organizations. Um, two that I can throw out for you right now: the AGC, the Associated General Contractors, ECA. Eastern Contractors Association. Uh, Scott Shepard is on the board at AGC. Jim Dossie is on the board at ECA. I've joined a um, Next Generation Leadership Council at the ECA. Uh, So those are organizations that we are a part of, and they will partner with other industry organizations around the area. Examples of those, NAWIC, the National Association of Women in Construction, which I'm a past president of. Uh, NESCA, the Northeastern Subcontractors Association. I was a member for five years. Love everyone there dearly. Was on a Young Professionals Board there as well. So these organizations will partner together to do different mixers, different events, um, getting involved in the community. So that's that's the way I met Craig and um, some of the younger people at the MLB office uh, was through these NESCA um, networking events. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's a booze fest. I was just saying, it turns out fest. if you if you offer free beer, I may show up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but those are uh, those are, and that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just a sure. couple of places that we um, that we network around within the industry. Uh, and unfortunately, Chloe does not. Why why isn't she mic'd up? Get her a mic. She uh, never wants to be mic'd up. We, the last but, show, she was like, I, "I'm not even here." Imagine I'm not here. We like we like almost had to make her speak. Actually, it was. <laughs> well, I I can't now because she's not close enough. But I mean, it'll pick up. Chloe, who else? Who we have uh, the the cha- we 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 network with. Uh, we're involved in the chamber. Up. What yeah, what did you um, you just say? What you did in the last seven days alone, and that'll I give mean, people an idea of the Capital Region Chamber, uh, Morton County, Saratoga Chamber. We're part of all the chambers. Um, we also have an office in North Carolina. They do a lot of networking down there. Um, but I think just, I mean, recently getting into development relationships are everything. So whether it's people that we know, people that we've worked with, um, just everybody, you kind of keep everyone in the loop and go to as many things as you can. Um, that's what you do. Excellent. It is very much, it is very much a business of relationships. Like obviously most of them are. I think what might be a little different about ours is that so many people with the relationships that we build, they're banking on us to come through because what we're going to build is most likely going to make them money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they can be in contact with other people that help them make the money, but if they need the facility to do what they got to do, if you don't know how to build it, you need a, you need a contractor. So I, I think that's one aspect where it might be a little different with us is mm-hmm. that it's it, it, it's crucial because the flip side of that is when people stop building stuff we're out of work you're right you know so uh, i'm curious so you were obviously you were like in sales before we are always selling mike uh, that's true See, no, i agree with you, you a thousand percent queen but so uh i say that just because you know you're so networking was probably just something you're like oh i gotta do this in order to meet people and sell and da da da. but uh, you know networking is also something that's obviously very uncomfortable for a lot of people and i feel like 
I mean, I, you know, I say I'm, I'm a serial networker. I love it. Uh, I'd rather go to 20 events a month than pick up the phone and do cold calls, even though we do it, you know, but, um, it's, I've done it so much. I, I can go anywhere, talk to anyone. I don't really care. Right. So, but there's so many people and, and again, you know, we do all these events and I don't, we don't see a ton of blue collar people, especially not the smaller blue collar men and women. So, uh, like what advice would you give to someone like here, here's how you go to a networking event and how you make it worth the time that you're spending there. So advice that I would give for someone to be successful at a networking event or networking events in the future, a career out of that. Um, the first piece of advice that I would give is to pre-plan anywhere that I go, I'm asking for an attendee list and I, I don't mind if it was inappropriate, then forget it. I'm terrible. <laughs> Just forget about me. But I'm always asking for an attendee list, honestly, and I'm making sure that I make the connections that I planned on making that evening. I mean, I brought notes here with me today. If I have a plan, plan your work and work your plan. Amen. So um, that is the first piece of advice that I would give somebody is to is to thoroughly prepare for where you're going to go, who you're going to meet, topics you might be discussing, understand the business, their industry um, that that person is working in. Um, my, you could go as far. I know a lot of these um, these companies have, you know, maybe they have a bio on their executive if you're going to meet that executive, I, for me, I think it's important to know what, what they're passionate about. See if anything aligns. Make sure that that's a, um, yeah, that bug. That, that thing's going to eat you. It's been flying around. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, like, I'm not okay. I'm, for, if I'm you're listening, about. sorry, a little segue. <laughs> I'm not this. okay with I got a perfect view of that bug. I don't, I don't know what those bugs are. Where they like? It's like a stink bug kind <laughs> of thing. But are, yeah. It is a stink bug. Yeah, it's, it's, it's year, been yeah. flying around like right next to Kelsey, so. Uh, but that would be the uh, the first piece of advice that I would give someone. And the second uh, piece of advice that I would give someone, and this is it, it, it goes across multiple industries um, and it goes across multiple um, hardships that you may encounter, is you need to give yourself time. It sounds gentle, but it's not. You need to give yourself time to develop. You are going to fail and fall flat on your face more than five times. Those types of stresses are how we grow. We don't grow. Comfortability is the detriment to human growth. You have to be willing to move out of your comfort zone and dive headfirst into new experiences and be uncomfortable. That's the only way that you will grow as an individual, as a human. So giving yourself time bombing the first five networking events you go to but on that sixth one you're gonna see that guy or girl who was just so kind to you for mm -hmm. whatever reason maybe something's wrong with them i don't know but you're gonna see them and you're gonna have your first contact mm -hmm. and you're gonna know the next time i go to this event i know that they'll be here and i can talk to them maybe we can walk around together so that would be my my two pretty decent Pieces of I give you a thumbs up, there. Derek. You give a thumbs up. You thumbs do a lot up. of networking. Yeah. Very nice. And fake it. Just fake. It. Just pretend to be someone you're not. You're like you're <laughs> when all else fails, fake it. <laughs> well, I'm going to be Craig from now on. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that might fail. <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking networking, yeah. So I know we're getting uh, short on time, and and to be fair, just like when we had uh, Jim on, I could talk to you guys all day. It's, it's awesome stuff. I anything to to mention about how you're communicating with clients, with employees these days? I mean, I know you know it's there's a, just so much technology out there. It's anything specifically that you guys do that you think is uh, unique or effect more effective? I what well, not necessarily in terms of a um, I guess a, a specific delivery method. But, uh, and Chloe, if I botched the number, I'm sorry. But I, I'd say one thing that we pride ourselves on is we are 80 to 90% repeat business. So the bit, a huge part of Chloe's job is is reconnecting or staying connected with mm -hmm. those people who it, it's, it's a two-way street. We take care of them and they take care of us. Um, and the other thing I think I would say is that while we do a fairly good uh, volume of work, Again, Claire, correct me if I'm wrong. I think last year we were the sixth largest in the capital region in gross billings. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's right. And we're we're behind some some monsters, the BBLs, the Turners, the Betty Krings, like the big guys. But so we do a pretty good volume of work. But like me personally, 
while I've been at Skidmore for six years on, you know, a hundred million dollar project, I've also done a $15,000 renovation for the Girl Scouts because they needed their lean-tos spruced up. Mm-hmm. So if, if I, I think what I would say one thing is that, you know, if anybody's listening and they're looking for a general contractor, don't hear that, oh, well, they, you know, cause we both were at Skidmore that, you know, they're, they're science center size contractors. We do everything from little office renovations to full-blown brand new science center. So anybody who needs contracting capability, call MLB. Something that I did uh, learn from Craig about communication and um, clients in a client-based communication setting. So uh, I, after working at Skidmore for three and a half years with Craig and Roland and Scott, um, something that I noticed that they did pretty often because they were working with this architect for so long is they would just call each other all the time, just uh, just calling. Uh, there's there's an RFI. I have something I need to talk to them about. I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to call Nick. I'm just going to call him quick. So when I came back to the office in January, I was assisting our North Carolina location with a um, locker room renovation at um, NCSU. And I found some discrepancies. Uh, I think it was a couple of them. And I was like, just this would be so much better if I could just call. I said, I'm just going to call. I'm just going to call him. So I called the guy. I just said, hey, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I'm coming off a seven-year job with a private client. Can I, like, I just have a question. Can we just talk? And Instead he was of like, he, emails right, and he was like, <laughs> absolutely you can. So that, that's something that I learned from Craig is never be afraid of having a conversation with these design professionals. Um, a lot, oftentimes they will be open to it. And I've also, um, dealt with some design professionals who are very by the book. They have their rules and regulations and that's the way that they operate. So I've been able to open up with them and have these phone conversations because I've always let them know anything, if, if this is your comfortability level, anything that we discuss, I'd be happy to memorialize. So I'm, I'm huge on having a phone call and then documenting it. Um, so that those are just some things that I picked up from Craig that I think are, are very important with communication uh, with, you know, clients, design professionals, subcontractors, uh, anyone. It's awesome. So really, if I'm hearing what I'm hearing is pick up the phone, have a conversation. Absolutely. Like bring that human touch into things as much as you can, right? As opposed to sending emails and text messages. That's something we've been talking to our team a lot about too, because I'm like, email is a great way to send a piece of information. Like you need that document, you need those specifications, whatever it is, but to actually communicate and understand someone you, you really can't do that with an email or text no. message communication no. is defined uh by a dialogue mm-hmm. so what if you really think about it email is not communication no there is no dialogue and the tone send can email. come across so off off oh and, my god and not good no no <laughs> not you good know how many times i've had somebody call me after an email and i get the wtf i'm like whoa whoa that's <laughs> not what i meant oh uh, man I, I hate putting um, emojis in emails, but I, but, I don't even know how, but I will actually still put the, the colon parentheses. So it's like the sideways side face. <laughs> I do, I, I'm going to, I'm going to admit I do it all the time because like my, cause I'm very, I'm a pretty direct person. So I think most of my emails would come off as me being a complete DB, Yeah, right. you know? So I'm just like, Oh, da, 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 and then. Colon parentheses. Like, like, smiley face. Smiling. <laughs> Why are you late today? LOL. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You're fired. Colon. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, <laughs> You're fired. So, so I want to. Right. I, I want to. I know we got to wrap it up because we're we're about to hit the hour mark. But um, and I keep you guys here all day, and I don't have beer, so that would not be allowed, right? If I had beer, we could keep you in. longer. I know. Right? <laughs> Although I have coffee now, thanks, Chloe. So um, that's for me. That's second to beer. So right, well, you start the day out with coffee and you finish it with beer. That's so, right. Um, uh, one piece of advice that you you both would give to someone coming into the industry, whether it's going to be into project management or just any kind of role really in the trades, I would say um, for me personally, I I have two big ones. We were kind of sitting to make sure we didn't repeat. So. Full disclosure, we did rehearse a little. Oh, okay. That's uh, fine. Yeah. But, Love uh, the preparation. Yeah. yeah. The, the one big one that I have, um, and, and it kind of comes from personal experience, is that I went from framing houses and pouring foundations and shingling roofs, which while that's 
hard labor and, and good, honest labor, mm-hmm. when you go from that to building a $150 million computer chip plant, that's a huge learning curve. It's, it's completely different. You, you, you might understand that thing, the, you know, that, that addition on your home conceptually, and a lot of those things may apply in terms of terminology, but the way you build that building is completely mm-hmm. different. And one thing I wish I knew is I think internships are huge. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of kids coming out of college, or, or even if they're they're not not going to college, they come out of maybe a BOCES program or come straight out of high school, whatever. If you can get on, it, I'll use college as an example, just because it's an easier segue. Mm-hmm. A lot I feel like a lot of them wait until that junior senior year to do an internship. I would suggest doing that every summer you can until you get out. And I also wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put the term internship in this box and that it has to be suit and tie and go sit at a desk and be a manager. Mm-hmm. If you have the opportunity to go work for a tin knocker for a summer, go do it. If you have a, an opportunity to go work with a framing crew for a summer, go do it because you're going to pick up on how these guys physically build the buildings. And that is going to be worth its weight in gold when you're trying to learn how to manage it. Because mm-hmm. if you can't think the way you, your guys are going to build it, you're going to be in a constant power struggle with them. The other thing I would say is, and this isn't meant as a deterrent, but it is a very demanding business. And one of the things I had to learn the hard way is you have to learn how to manage your time. This job can suck you in with, you know, schedule and deadlines. And all of a sudden you look down and you haven't haven't had a Saturday or a Sunday off in five, six, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And it wears on you. I mean, I know that happens in a lot of industries, but I think it, it creeps up on you in construction real easy because of the fact that there's there's something physical delivered. Like if we haven't poured those footings on Friday, but we have we have framing starting Monday, we're pouring Saturday then. Mm-hmm. We, we got to come in. It's not that it's a all right. I'll go in on Monday and I'll take the take the slack for it. It, it. it, but you have to learn to turn that off, and especially on the management side, because those emails, the phone calls, and again, that's similar with a lot of other businesses but you have to learn to turn it off it that's it's something that it took me i've been with mlb now for eight and a half years it probably took me the first six to figure that out and Hmm. once i did and i figured out that management it made me way more efficient in the office i I don't take every phone call i don't answer every email i have set times that i'll go check my email so that way i get what i'm supposed to get done then the end of the day if i got a half hour that's still left okay now i'll sit and go through the emails Figuring out that time management so that you can still have a work-life balance is it's huge. Those, those are probably the two biggest ones I would have. Nice. Mine, um, uh, I I I said them, so I'm ill prepared for this uh, segment, <laughs> if you will. Um, I can I really I really did though. Uh, so um, when we were discussing giving yourself time uh, when you begin networking. Um, give yourself time entering the industry. It is very difficult to be confident in what you're doing in an industry like this. Um, like Craig had mentioned, as a project manager um, or project engineer, system project manager, as anyone entering this industry, you are going to be taking on multiple roles. Roles, excuse me. You're a coordinator. You're a lawyer. You're an accountant. So. Somebody coming into this industry needs to be able to devote. And again, it sounds like, oh, I need to give myself time. No, it's not that. You need to be ready to not feel that confidence that you've once felt in your life for a good five years. There's just so much to this industry. Like it, it's not in and, and the other thing, too, is every project is so different. Mm-hmm. You may go you, your, your first three projects may have, like Kel said, you may have come on and you've ran three, four, five, six jobs, and maybe they were all all interior renovations. And all of a sudden you realize you're six jobs in, you've been there two years, and you've never even coordinated a foundation. You have to be able to be humble enough to be like, okay, yeah, I've ran six jobs or I've done this, that, and the other, but there's just so much that you have never seen. Mm -hmm. We have things on this job we're on now where I've gone to our superintendent and I, I actually, it's a little funny for me when I go to him and I look at something and you'll see the pause and when he said, a guy who's been doing it longer than I've been alive. And he'll go, I don't know. <laughs> like, so it, 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 there is a level to that is that the, the, I think you should always be learning, but mm-hmm. there, there, that is a big part of our industry is that there's just so much that you, there's so much you may never see, 
But when you do, you need to be able to accept the fact that you may not be great at it the first time you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So giving giving yourself time to be able to develop that confidence. Don't you can't feel like oh woe is me or I you know I'm not going to be any good at this. You don't know that yet. You need to struggle through it. And I and I honestly uh, to put a time frame to that. I think five years is good. And if and if you're feeling really great and you're loving it. Two years in, then you're better than me. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I talked. I talked about all either that all or here stuff. comes the train. You think you're yeah. doing great, and all of a sudden you're about to get mowed down. You'll get that one big project, and it's like, oh boy. Listen, I definitely think in the few years that I've been in business that uh, it's always when you think you're good. Yeah, oh yeah. Is when that thing comes out of nowhere and mm-hmm. just smashes you. So yep. uh, yeah, that's always like. As soon as I start to think that, warning bells always go off. Like, whoa, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. It's all going to blow up. And Craig had two, so I'm going to try to think of another one on the fly because I don't want him to be, uh, I don't want him to feel like he had a better <laughs> job than me. Uh, but, uh, but honestly, and this, again, it stretches across industries, and I think it's something that people should strive for. Because when you're asking this, I'm, I'm imagining that I'm giving it to somebody younger than me, like a little brother, a little sure. sister or something. But always be willing to go the extra mile. And I know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to. Don't until you don't have to do any of this. You don't have to network. You don't have to understand the sequencing of your new electrical meter. You don't have to do any of this. You don't even have to have a job, I guess. Uh, I mean, I do. I don't have another way to pay my bills. I thought you were independently wealthy. Uh, well, I, I will. Ooh, caught her. <laughs> <laughs> but always be willing to go the the extra mile. That's that's when the real miracles will happen uh, for you in your career and in your life is uh, when you're willing to go the extra mile, to understand deeper than everyone else, mm-hmm. um, to be a part of more than everyone else. I, I think it's a great thing to to strive for, and I think it will propel a young person in their career farther than they thought was possible. Two big, awesome. two big questions that will get you a long way is why and how. And the more you, un- the more you ask those two questions, the more you're going to understand. There's a big difference between knowing how to do something and truly knowing why it has to be that way or how you physically do it. So that's great stuff, guys. Thank you so much. Um, If if people are looking to learn more about you, uh, MLB Construction, uh, where do they, where do they find? You are going to call close. No, I'm (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you obviously, you can go to our website and honestly, that will probably direct you to Chloe anyways. We're, we're, we're not that, uh, so everybody just, just call Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what's your phone number? 518. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, in all seriousness, so if you guys do have, um, people listening, then they do have questions. They're more than, more than, uh, welcome to reach out to us. We, we, if it's not apparent, we like to talk. So. Yeah, outside, out, you know, things that people are passionate about, changing subject. Uh, outside of uh, homeopathic medicine, natural wellness, um, I, I am passionate about uh, assisting people in, in any way that I can and about bringing young people into this industry. So, um, yeah, just go to the MLB website, look us up on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I would be happy to to talk to any, well, anybody about anything, but especially... Um, outside of natural wellness, uh, this industry. So look us up on LinkedIn, um, the MLB yeah. website. Because um, we, we do need we need people in this industry. They're, they're yeah. The workforce specifically, it's getting older. We're losing those guys. Well, we I think we put some information up on the website about that. But I I can yeah. speak the the statistic from the auto body folks at HVC at the Blue Collar College. Uh, <laughs> I love but, that the Blue Collar College. But they were they were saying that in the next ten years, sixty percent of the auto body workforce is going to retire. I'm shocked it's that far away. Like I, I, I'm, I would the, I would have guessed sooner. Yeah, and they have those stats for every. Yeah, I bet, for I all bet the you, different industries, that's just the one I can remember off the top right. of my head, but it's a huge number. I bet you construction's right there, if not faster yeah. than that. Yeah. And again, yeah, like absolutely. we we talk about it all the time, like blue collar people are the lifeblood of this country. And yeah. if mm. people don't know how to fix the roads and the buildings and the infrastructure, like yeah. we're in big trouble. Yeah. Big trouble. Yeah, we were talking to some of the students and said, hey, give it a listen. These, these guys are all hiring. So if you want any introductions, yeah. let us know. And, and honestly, like no uh, no kidding aside, like the, it it's now's the time to get into because like people our age if you're mm-hmm. trying to learn the business you can read as much as you want on the internet the way you're going to learn this business is by working with those guys that know how to build and once they're gone they're 
that resource is it's gone with them. And and MLB is also signatory to the um, to a couple local unions, carpenters and laborers. And like I said, Craig, mainly myself, maybe a little bit Craig, but we're we're passionate about helping people become a part of this industry. So even if it's not with MLB, we're happy to talk to anyone about joining the industry. Um, we have connections. Well, we're a general contractor, so we have connections everywhere. If we don't have a direct connection to Carpenters Local 291, which I honestly want to say that I do, um, we can get you in touch with somebody if you're looking to join the electrical trade. If you're looking to join the uh, masonry tile setting trade, we, we would be happy to point you in those directions. Absolutely. That's great. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, guys, for coming yeah, on. You. Yeah, this is Chloe, fun. thanks Appreciate for setting this up. And thanks for the coffee. She brought me chock full of nuts coffee. Oh, nice. Best coffee on the planet, everyone. And you get a nice storage container when you're done. That's true. You do. Right? <laughs> yeah. We use those. They're all over my property. So uh, thanks for listening. Check us out. Bluecollarstartup.io is our website. Uh, we're also on Instagram, and I never post there, but I'm going to again soon. Soon. It's going to be. Keep hearing it. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying I'm manifesting it. <laughs> That's right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And thanks, until guys. next time.